Hello. Welcome to Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. Today, I'm going to cover a little bit of an update on the strike of the UC academic workers. And there's been a development in the rail strike as well. I'm going to start out with the graduate student, the graduate student workers, their instructors, research, research, student researchers, TAs, and they basically run the university. They do most of the work. The tenured faculty, um, they do mainly do research and so there's 48,000 folks on strike right now. Um, the latest development is that two of the two of the groups got tentative agreements, and they'll be voting on those. I think it's the graduate student instructors and um, one other group, but it's a um, one of the reasons why I wanted to cover this today is because they, it looks like they're starting to maybe get resolution, uh, at least on some of their demands. Um, but also, I went to a rally in March yesterday here in Oakland, California. There were easily 250, 300 people down in downtown Oakland that came down to show solidarity and to march to the President Drake's office uh, to give him their demands. So what I've got for you today is I'm, I recorded a couple of the speeches that they gave at the event, and I want to play them for you so you can hear. It was a really kind of a... An amazing event and I also posted on my Instagram and my Twitter a video that I took so you can see how many folks were there oops that's the wrong button so some people wonder why is the you why are the academic the academic workers under the UAW um, which is the United Auto Workers Union. Uh, the United Auto Workers has been trying to expand the industries that they represent for a while. And uh, the, they rep the unions that represent graduate workers and other uh, university workers, that's about almost 30% of the total not retired membership of the UAW now. So here's the uh, first speech from yesterday's event, November 28, 2022. Can you hear it?
since student researchers passed their last proposal on wages, and UC has said nothing. On top of that, the Public Employee Relations Board, also just a few blocks away, has issued six new complaints against UC related to compensation since our strike started. If they think that they can buy off postdocs and academic researchers without bargaining with 2865 and SRU, they've got something else coming to them. <laughs> but it's up to us to not let them get away with this irresponsible behavior. So we've got a visit to pay to Michael Drake today. We're going to let him know that He's been doing a bad job, but it's not too late. It's not too late to agree to fair contracts, to seriously bargain with us, and to avert a final strike. They can make a real proposal to graduate workers any day, any minute. So here is the second, um, the second speaker. So before we start marching over to the UC Office of the President, uh, we have a really amazing lineup of speakers, uh, workers, allies, and elected leaders here with us today. Um, and so to kick us off, we have Kung Feng, a graduate student researcher in the Goldman School of Public Policy. Give it up for Kung. All right. Good to see you all here today. My name is Kong. I'm a grad student at Goldman. Goldman, folks? Uh, I'm a graduate student researcher, GSRs. Parents. Any parents? Yay. All right, a little bit. Spying parents. All right. Queer parents. Where's my people? <laughs> so my kid is six years old, and he's been coming to the picket lines. Yeah. I asked him the other day on the picket line what the strike meant to him, and he said, "Money." <laughs> and you know he's right. Is he right? Yeah. Do we need living wages? Do we need money to pay for rent? Yeah. Do we need money to pay for childcare? Yeah. Do we need money to pay for BART yeah. to get to work? Yeah. That's right. As you heard, university has yet to make us a real proposal on money. It's been 11 days. It's 11 days too long. Yeah. And instead, they're illegally intimidating us, retaliating against us, for participating in this strike. The time, the money, the effort that they spend fighting this strike, they could be paying us. That's right. They say that their mission is to educate us. What are we learning from a university that thinks it's okay to pay poverty wages? <laughs> I got a, I got an extra visitor here. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
um, the other day, my kid was watching TV and uh, saw an ad for a toy. And um, he turned to me and he asked, is $19.99 too expensive? He didn't come to me and say, can I have it? He asked me, is it too expensive? And I'm still thinking about that to myself. Is it too expensive? As a kid, I, I grew up with my mom, a single mom, and I grew up very remembering that I didn't ask her for toys because I didn't want to ask her and have her have to say no. So, you know, this university that prides itself on equity and diversity and inclusion, tell me who's gonna come here to pursue their dreams? Is it gonna be kids who grew up thinking, if I want it, I can have it? Or is it gonna be kids who grew up thinking that I can't afford to ask if I want it? Um, that day on the picket line, I asked him what else it meant, and he said, justice. Justice yeah. can be a lot of things. It can mean talking about this inequality that's growing year by year, decade by decade, across the UC even. It could be talking about the injustice of our labor, our value as researchers, as teachers, and the value of our labor that is not being returned to us. Right. It could be talking about justice, as Cornell West says, as love made public. And I love my kid, and I love my classmates, I love my co-workers, and I'm here for them, I'm here with you. This university is failing its educational mission. No? Yeah. But here, I am learning, I'm learning with you, I'm learning something that is way more powerful. And so when I say something, I want you to call in response. When I say one day longer, you say one day stronger. You got that? Yeah. yeah. One day longer. One day stronger. One day longer. One day stronger. One day longer. One day stronger. as well. It's not just Berkeley LBL here. We've got some folks from UCSF. And we've got some folks from UC Davis. So I think they're going to come up here and share some of their experiences on the picket lines as well. Uh, so I'd love to invite up Gonzalo Acevedo, who's a postdoc at UCSF in experimental medicine. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we came over from UCSF because we thought it was important to show the regions and ourselves that we're united in this and that we're still fighting together. Um, as Khan said, one day uh, longer, one day stronger. So I'm an international postdoctoral scholar. Is there any other postdocs, other who are international as well? So for many of us, taking a job at UC is a fantastic opportunity for career development uh, and professional development. Um, but the current conditions, it can only, it can also be a pretty big sacrifice. 
Uh, so I couldn't be prouder to see that thanks to the strength that we've been showing at the picket lines for the past two weeks, immense progress has been made uh, by postdocs at the bargaining table. Um, for me personally, one of the most important gains that we're making is on the issue of job security. Because you see, finally, agreed to implement a two-year appointment length for incoming postdocs. After lots of claiming it was not possible, but we made it possible. On a personal note, my spouse came with me uh, when I started my position here and he had to file for an employment authorization because it's certainly not possible for two people to leave out of just one postdoc salary in the Bay Area. Um, the process of filing, for those who are not familiar with it, is pretty time consuming and pretty expensive as well and stressful. Um, and it needs to be renewed every time your appointment with UC changes. Um, and if your permit expires before they finish processing your new application, well, you might just lose your job. So that's a situation that we personally had to face at the end of my first year uh, with UC. Uh, so I'm really, really glad that we got this, this win over, um, over UC. Um, and you can possibly imagine how uh, it would have meant uh, a lot less stress at that point. So I'm glad that folks in the future will not have to endure that situation. Um, so longer appointments are particularly important to international politics like myself, um, but there's still more that can be done uh, on that direction. UC's current proposal and appointment lengths contain too many carve-outs for dismissal within the first year. Um, and uh, I think the postdocs deserve better, yeah. and we're going to keep fighting for that. Yeah. I am also excited to be making progress on our transit demands, because uh, it's really important for myself and for everyone and for the planet as well. Uh, so it's really exciting to see UC making some sort of commitment in terms of uh, su uh, sustainable transportation. So we are winning a monthly pre-tax transportation benefit and e-bike discounts and a commitment, which we're gonna wanna watch very closely to facing free transit passes over time. Because working at UC should not mean having to choose between being burdened by the cost of our rent or being burdened by the cost of and duration of our commute. Uh, so rather than be here, I would much rather be in lab today, uh, but I'm out here because I'm convinced that we're being reasonable and we're asking for what's fair. And uh, we are out here to remind the regions that they do not get to brag about how diverse and inclusive UC is and then pretend to be oblivious of how hard making ends meet is for so many of us. And we're not out here out of greed, are we? No. We're here upholding what UC stands for. We are putting in the labor that makes you see what it is, and it is time we're treated accordingly. So I believe that we'll win contracts that will be life-changing for most of us. Um, and also, I would like to appreciate the organizers of this.
We've got a couple more clips. This is Kimena Anlugel, a GSR and a TA in plant biology from UC Davis, and a member of the SRU bargaining team. Yeah. 
it's not too late to avert the continuation of the strike. You can agree to a contract right now. Both of the have made progress. So why aren't you showing a why are you showing a remarkable lack of leadership and urgency when it comes to grad workers? It's been more than a week, like we've heard more than a week since grad workers made our last since we got our last compensation proposal. UC hasn't even bothered to talk to us about it, and we have not made progress on other important demands like the need to remit uh, non-residential supplemental tuition for international workers. This discriminatory policy against international workers is unacceptable. UC says to the press that they want an agreement. But actions speak louder than words. So you see, it's time for you to negotiate seriously and in good faith to stop the unlawful intimidation and threats of retaliation to against our strikers. So I'll continue to see you all, well maybe it's Davis people, <laughs> at the picket line. We've got two more speakers for this group. I just can't get over this, y'all. 11 days. 11 days with graduate workers on strike and, and no response on compensation. So irresponsible. We're going we're gonna to be loud over there. So next up, I'm really proud to introduce a labor, labor champion for our city. President of the Oakland Education Association and President of the Alameda Labor Council, who has been standing with us since day one and before of our strike, Keith Brown. One day longer! One day stronger! One day longer! One day stronger! I'm Keith Brown. I'm also a middle school teacher in Oakland at Bret Hart Middle School. And as a public education teacher in the K through 12 system, I want to honor the work of our UC graduate workers, our academic workers. And it's important that the state realize the work that you do for our students in the K through 12 system. So, and we're in a battle for public education. From early childhood, 
through our K through 12 system, community college on through our university system. This is one fight that we're in together as education workers. So I am here representing over 135 unions in Alameda County that represents over 135,000 workers, both public and private sector, and also here representing the educators of Oakland. We have your back, and we support all of you, the 48,000 academic workers in the UC system. You are fighting for public education, and you are fighting for a fair UC system. So I'm here to bring a message to President Drake, and we demand that you come to the table and end this strike today. We are here, we have power together, and President Drake, we demand that you provide a living wage for UC academic workers. We demand that you support the transportation needs of our academic workers. We demand that there is adequate child care provided for our academic workers. And that we have equity for international scholars. These are reasonable demands and we're here together as labor to force the UC system to improve education for our students by giving into our demands. The UC system should live up to its expectations to provide for the public good for the state of California. And the UC system and President Drake could live by those demands by coming to the table today and meeting with the academic workers and settling this strike right now, today. So we are here together and we say, when public education is under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! When academic workers are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! When public education is under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! When academic workers are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! Thank you. That one makes me Thank you, Keith and OEA and the Alameda Labor Council. I know I can speak for a lot of us. Something that's helping us keep going one day longer has been the support from...
That's why women struggle. The support from our labor allies, teachers and others showing up to our picket lines at lunchtime. Teamsters, drivers turning around and refusing to make deliveries. Construction workers refusing to cross a picket line and build in an unjust working environment. And we've also been lucky to have a lot of support from our elected leaders. So I'm super excited to announce our final speaker before we start getting moving, getting a little bit warm. Uh, we're honored today to be joined by another great labor champion, currently Oakland City Council member representing District 4 and President Pro Tem of Oakland City Council. And now, Mayor-elect, Shane Tao! to be here today. Let me just tell you that first. It's been what, two weeks? Two weeks of you taking a stance because you want basic necessity. Because you want to be able to pay for your rent. Because you want to be able to get food on the table for your babies. I thought UCs were a public institution. A place where people who couldn't afford to go to a private institution can go and get a quality education for not just themselves, but for their family. What happened? Why must we go on strike in order to get the basic necessities, in order to invest in this great country called the United States of America? Because that's what you all are doing. You all are leading the charge to ensure that education is key for not just us here today, but for our next generation. You all, let's be clear, are priceless. I would know as if, you know, I, I, I went to UC Berkeley and I tell you, but can we really say, yay, UC Berkeley, go Bears, when they can't give us basic necessity and equity? No. So that's all we're asking for, right? We're asking that, let the GSIs and GSRs, let them get equity pay. We know how much it costs to live out here. We know how much grocery costs. I estimate one paper bag is $100 at least. So make, let's, let's call on the president to come back to the table, to give us a fair shot at being successful, not only for us, but for future generations. That is our Bay Area values. And California values. I want to be very clear. The way that California moves is how the rest of the nation moves. So I'm calling on President Drake to say, let's be the leaders of the nation. Let's set the example. Let's set the tone. And let's come to the table and say we care about our basic necessity for success and that we care about not exploiting, and I'll be clear, exploiting our student instructors, our student researchers, because again, this is a huge 
investment for the university and they cannot operate without y'all. Yeah. That part, I'm gonna say it again. They cannot operate without y'all. So while you're standing here and yes, it's been two weeks, I know they're hurting, but that's okay. Set aside your ego, you see? Set aside that ego, come back to the bargaining table and let's continue to do what we do best. Let's teach the future generations. Let's teach our future generations. Let's invest in our communities. And more so than that, let's invest in those students who are willing to actually lift up their sleeves and do the teaching because you all are heroes in your own rights. So I just want to end on this note. Thank each and every single one of you because when we stand together, we win. When we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. Thank you, everybody. My name is Shane Tao, and I am Oka's mayor elect. Those are my clips from the march yesterday. How are you doing, Pedro? <clears> Hi, <throat> Amanda. How are you? Uh, good, thank you. Um, so I just uh, I just have a quick question and uh, kind of an announcement. So, quick question: C Can you explain what's happening with the Biden rail worker decision, White House? I don't really understand what he did. And the announcement is at 7 p.m. Uh, Katie Alper, I, I guess you know Katie Alper has the Useful Idiot podcast. Yeah, is going to do a YouTube uh, kind of interview with a, uh, an Italian journalist called Stefania Marisen, and there will be a call in at uh, 8 p.m. So I kind of invite you, you and everybody else, to join in. Uh, she, they are going to talk about Julian Assange. So oh, that's great! All. I heard there was some news with with Julian. Yes, yes. Do, do you happen to know what, what, what is the issue with the rail water strike? Can, can you just explain quickly? Because I, I don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy to. That was actually the, going to be my. Is the rail strike. So. The, the short version is this is a special. They, the railroaders have a special set of labor laws separate from the rest of labor law in this country and because of that peculiarity congress can legislate and say that the that the workers have to take the agreement now when it comes to um, before I before I switch to the to the rail, and I know Katie's about to come on, I just want to say that the I want to close off with the UC. Um, so the so the there's the bargaining teams for the postdocs and the academic researchers did did reach tentative agreements, and those will go to a vote, and and until all of the groups are have tentative agreements that you can vote on everybody's staying on the picket line so there will be pickets at all of the ucs continuing tomorrow night at uc berkeley there's a there's a faculty a uc faculty teach-in um, and if you want to know um, where you can go for the uc pickets 
Um, you can go to Fair UC Now. I think it's .org. Let me check. Yeah, fairucnow.org will give you the information about what's happening in that. So the rail strike, thank you for the question, Pedro. And, and what's happening right now is they've been working for, there's 13 unions, there's six railroads. They're um, over half, 55% of the workers voted against ratification on their contracts. Four unions are the ones who specifically rejected their tentative agreements, but those four unions make up 55% of the employees because some of the unions are small. In September, in order to prevent a strike, President Biden put together this special rail commission to try and get the railroads to agree to, to, to come to some agreement with the unions. And according to rank and file workers for, for some of the unions, um, the union bosses are not really working, don't really seem to be working for what the rank and file wants. What do the rank and file want? Well, right now, if you work for the railroads, you get three sick days and they're not paid and you have to declare them 30 days in advance. Not very um, easy to do, easy easy way to work. They also are on 24 hour on call, and can be um, can be called into work a 12 hour shift on less than an hour and a half warning, and the the level of um, here we go the level that they're having to deal with in terms of their working conditions is crazy. Um, President Biden has decided that he's going to overrule what the, what the unions want and force onto them the agreements. Now, one of the things that I saw, and I'm looking for it now, so there's the... One of the unions is called the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division. They're a division of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. And one of the things that they're agreeing, they're, that they're asserting is the fact that the railroads knew that Congress has the power to force this agreement onto the workers without their consent. And so they actually weren't bargaining in good faith is one of the thing, one of the arguments that's been made. But at this point, if the president, the president has said that he wants legislation and the legislation's already been written, now it's just a matter of, are they going to do, are they actually going to force the agreement onto them? And why am I not finding this? I just had it up. If you want a good follow on Twitter, oh, here we go. So um, two things everyone needs to understand, and I'm now I'm reading from Working People Podcast. It is because they always counted on Biden slash Congress forcing a deal down workers' throats that rail carriers saw no reason to bargain in good faith for two plus years 
or to change the profit maximizing practices that have blown up the supply chain. And wait, where's the threat at? So if you just started caring about the crisis on the railroads and and were hand-wringing about striking workers, hurting the supply chain, I've got news for you. Biden just gave a big thumbs up to the people who have already run the supply chain into the ground. You're already paying for their corporate malfeasance, demolishing the workforce, making trains longer, more dangerous, risking more derailments, price gouging shippers, a lot of businesses have no choice but to use rail and no one's out here building new rail lines. So the rail carriers can do whatever they want. They essentially formed a non-competitive ol oligopolistic cartel. Oligopolistic cartel. They're making more money than ever and you're paying the costs passed on to consumers while workers' lives are obliterated and people quit in record numbers. You just never cared about it till now. Personally, as someone who's covered the story all year talking to workers, I think it's because our media have failed to cover this accurately or at all for years. The second thing to understand is, two. This whole process has been a dismal example of workers having their voices silenced. Again, railroaders have gone three years without a new contract, and the carriers never bargained seriously with unions because they expected this result would save them. So all the pain, all the frustration, all of the concern and expertise the workers brought to the bargaining table were basically ignored by the companies. They were largely ignored by Biden's presidential emergency board in August. Then they were ignored again when a deal was hashed out behind closed doors just before the strike deadline in September. Biden and co. took a victory lap before the many workers even saw the tentative agreement. The media followed suit and moved on. Now, the, now that rank-and-file workers have had a real say and a number of unions voted the TA down, that's the tentative agreement, the empire strikes back the most, quote, the, mo, the quote, most pro-union administration, unquote, has told workers to shut the fuck up, strip their right to fight, and the carriers make out like the bandits they are. This is Maximilian Alvarez, by the way. As mentioned, as I've mentioned before, we've been covering this story all year by talking to workers at length. Here's a thread from September with a lot of coverage if you want to make sense of this. So that that's that's a thread from uh, an account called at Working Pod on on Twitter. And the reason I found that is because I follow Ross Gruders, who is a really good follow if you want to know what's happening with the rail lines. Does that answer the question in, in 10 minutes or less? Yes, yes, it answers. It was a very detailed answer. Thank you for that. Appreciate you. Thank you, everybody, for being here for Crowdsourcing Revolution. We'll be meeting again on Saturday. In the meantime, please feel free to message me with any questions, suggestions. Long live Chungus. Indeed, long live Chungus. <laughs> Have